Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. And welcome to part two of your guide to hiring an architect for your residential project. If you listened to part one, you know that at the end, I realized there was a lot more additional information I wanted to share, but... I didn't want to make it into a super long episode. So here we are with part two, and who knows, maybe there's going to be a part three someday. We'll see by the end of this episode. If you haven't listened to part one, I'll provide a link in the show notes for you to check it out. And as a reminder, the information I will be sharing is based on my background and experience working in residential architecture, specifically high-end. I've had the opportunity to work in Prague, Czech Republic, Chicago, Illinois, and currently in Southern California, specifically the coastal area of South Orange County. Now, because of my experience and knowledge, today's episode will be about hiring an architect for a residential project. I do have limited experience with commercial projects and don't really believe I can give the right advice on hiring an architect for that specific project type. Now, as we begin every episode, we like to take a moment to ground down and think of something that we are grateful for in the present moment. In the present moment, I am very, very grateful for my husband, Jesse, who has been a huge support and anchor through this time in my life where I have, I feel like, a lot going on from working full-time, still at the architecture firm I worked for, while also building the foundation of my own company and my own architecture firm, having that, which entrepreneurship is quite the ride. So supporting me in that, as well as having this podcast, having my newsletter, having, you know, we've had a lot of family social events recently, and he has been just so, so supportive through this, like the ebbs and flows of throughout the day. There's just so many things that happen because we have so much going on. He's also works full time. He's got his contractor company that he is building. So we both have a lot on our plate, but he has been so supportive. And when I am having you know, a moment he is there and he is extremely been so supportive and just listens to me, gives great advice. So I am very grateful for him in the present moment. And I mean, always, but definitely right now in the present moment, because he, especially this past week has been just like my rock. To summarize in part one, I discussed the role of an architect, when to hire one, how to find an architect, how to determine what your scope of work is, whether to work with a local or international firm, small firm, large firm, and what to ask at your initial meeting with the architect. Are they licensed? Don't forget to ask for referrals and discuss your budget with them. So today we will discuss a few more things that you want to keep in mind when hiring an architect for your residential project. So let's kick it off with the first part is the style of architecture that the architect designs and the style of architecture you are looking for. So when you're looking for an architect, one thing you may notice yourself gravitating towards is a certain type of architecture you're envisioning for your home. You may have a Pinterest board with inspirational photos, or maybe you're adding an addition to your home that is already designed in a specific style you want to match. When you're looking for your architect, take into account their style of architecture. You can look through their portfolio at past projects. If the architect has all these projects that look like beach bungalows and you're envisioning this concrete contemporary villa, this architect might not be for you. 
So definitely look at the style of architecture that they do. The next thing is type of design method. So there's something you want to ask during your interview with your potential architect. You know, there's a variety of ways to design and build a house. Two of the more common ones for single family residential homes are design, bid, build, and design, build. So what design, bid, build is, the project is designed. So you have your architect, you design it, and then you bid the project. So you'll send it out to maybe two, three contractors, four would be too much, but two to three contractors, the plans go out to them, they bid them, they give you their price. You award which, you know, the contract to the contractor with whatever the price that you want, or if you had a good, seemed like to have a good relationship with the contractor, whatever it is, you award that contract to that contractor and then they build it. So they design it, bid it, build it. And the architect will be with you throughout that whole journey. So that's kind of the more common ones. There is, of course, if you've come on the project with a contractor already, that's something you also want to tell your architect ahead of time that you have already selected a contractor, which if you've listened to the episode with Jesse, my husband, who's also a general contractor, where he talks about having a general contractor on the project ahead of time because you can help value engineer, you can have the contractor kind of tell you, you know, if we build it this way, you may save money or it may look this way. So it's definitely helpful having a general contractor on board ahead of time. So that's, I guess there's kind of three common ways. Design, bid, build, design, build. And then if you've already got the contractor with you, that can help be, you know, really useful during the time of design because you'll have a contractor's input. So then what is design build? Design build, which you'll usually find a company that says they're a design build, which means they design. So they have the architecture team and the build, the contractor team, all in one company. So of course there's advantages and disadvantages to everything, but design build is really, it's a one-stop shop. So you have the architects in-house and I would say the advantages with that is you have the information flows really well during construction because you have, you know, the architect team and the contractors, they've worked together before, the team has worked together before. So I think there's a good flow. I mean, I can't speak for all companies, but that kind of is one of the benefits of of using design build. So there's, you know, various ways of how architecture and contractors work together. But that's kind of something you want to look into is if you didn't know that there are so many avenues you can take when, you know, designing a home and building it. So for me personally, I've worked a lot on design, bid, build, and we've also worked on or I've worked on projects where the client comes with the contractor already contractor has referred us. And so we've kind of come on to the project. So it's there's definitely different, like I said, avenues that you can take by that design method and construction method. I've also, in the past, I worked at a firm that did a lot of fast track where we would design like the shell of the house, so the exterior, the structural, and then those plans would go out to the contractor to be built. And then while construction was happening for the shell, we would work on like the interior layout, finishes, that design. This is a good method to use when you have a very tight schedule. I would think it would I've know I do know a little bit that fast track is used more in commercial to get parts of, you know, huge buildings built and then they come in at the end and you know do the interior and design. Um but do be aware that of course there are limitations to this because once you design something and it's being built, you can't make a lot of changes down the road. So there's definitely advantages and disadvantages. Advantages is fast track. It's it's boom, blow and go. But 
the downside is once something's built, it either costs a lot of money to change it, lots of plans, lots of changes to the plans and things like that. So there's definitely different, you know, and I'm thinking now as I talk through all of these and I'm giving little snippets of it, I do think I might need to do an episode on all the different construction and design types. So maybe, you know, let me know if you'd be interested in an episode like that and we can definitely do an episode about those. But just know that's kind of a little like spark note edition of the different methods of, of design and construction that you can take. Now, one thing is the drawings, the instruments of service, the renderings. And I want you to be honest here because it will help you so much as the client and it will help your architect. Be honest with how well can you read plans? How well can you read elevations and 3D renderings? It's okay if you can't read plans. Architects, we do this for a living, and many of us have been around plans for so long that we forget that sometimes our clients cannot read or understand what we are drawing. And so when you meet to interview with your architect, ask to see samples of their work that they've done. How do they, you know, what do they show in the design? Do they just show sketches? Do they have physical models? Do they have 3D models? Do they just do plans? Do they just do elevations? Like what is it that they are presenting to their client? This will give you an idea of what you can expect to receive as far as design and kind of the tangible documents that you're going to receive. I personally would appreciate it if a client told me this ahead of time, because then I would know how to communicate my drawings to them and designs, and I would know, you know, how to add that to my budget also is review time. Well, you know, they may require additional meetings to walk them through the design, so I would like to know that. At the end of the day, you're paying someone to design something that you're going to see every day and make sure you are happy with it. You know, I've heard of, and it's, it happens a lot, is, you know, the architect will draw something on a plan. The client will look at it and go, yeah, yeah, that's great, great, and not fully understand what was being drawn. And then once it's being built, the client will go, whoa, 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 this isn't what I wanted. You know, I wanted this. Well, you know, things do get lost in translation. And so I do want you to be honest with your architect. I think it would be extremely helpful. Like I said, I would find it extremely beneficial if my client told me, hey, I can't read plans. I can't read elevations. You know, how can I communicate? So then I would think, how can I communicate, you know, the design so my client is happy at the end of the day and whatever is built is what they were imagining. So it's, you know, really however your mind works and, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting too is um, sometimes certain like contractors and subcontractors can read plans but not elevations or elevations and not plans. And it is definitely... Um, you know, I can look at a plan and kind of envision it and see how it's built in 3D and how it's going to look, you know, in the actual physical space. And so, but that's of course something, you know, I've been immersed in architecture for over a decade, over almost a decade and a half. And so I have seen these plans and seen these elevations and like so many architects, we've seen so many of this that we kind of forget that sometimes, you know, our clients who aren't in this field don't really know to read the plan. So be honest with your architect. I think it will be very beneficial for you. It'll be beneficial for your architect um, that you guys kind of understand how to communicate because, you know, drawings are the way we communicate and, you know, drawings are contracts also, or, you know, they're part of our contract documents. So make sure you understand those drawings. And then lastly, I would say is schedule. Make sure to discuss your schedule with your architect and have them walk you through how long they estimate the design time is going to take 
how long city submittal process will be. So that means including submitting drawings to the zoning department, the building department, you know, your project specifically may have additional requirements. For example, if you are in California on the coast, you have to submit to the California Coastal Commission. That takes a period of time, you know. So there's a lot of things that go into schedule as far as not only the design period, the construction period. You know, as architects, we do get asked about the construction schedule sometimes because we are not the contractor. We are not in charge of the means and methods. We can estimate based on past projects, but it all depends on who your contractor is, what are the site specifications, your scope of work, every all those things, you know, play into the construction schedule. So design schedule, though, is something you want to keep in mind because, you know, I know episode one, we talked about budget and, you know, thinking about the cost, not of just construction, but of the design time. That's something you want to keep in mind as well. One thing too is be mindful of an architect who overpromises. If an architect can tell you that they can get something done in a faster, shorter amount of time, I would steer clear of them. Good design does take time. And I want you to feel comfortable that the architect you hired isn't going to take shortcuts, especially when it comes to submitting documents, because nothing comes good comes out of shortcuts, right? Especially in construction. So there's that overpromise, overdelivering. You know, you've let's say you've interviewed with three architects, and the one says, you know, I can get it done for you in X time, and it's half the time that the other two architects promised you. Do be mindful of that. Do be aware of that, because you know. Construction, when it's fast, when it's done very quickly, thoughtlessly, and you're kind of front-loading all of that work, in the end, it can bite you, right, in the butt. So definitely be mindful of, you know, a realistic schedule. And I know it may may seem hard to figure out what is a realistic schedule, but just ask those questions. Well, this was a nice short little sweet episode for you, but I hope this part two kind of answered any more questions that kind of part one maybe didn't answer. And I just, there's a few more points, like I said, I wanted to kind of hit, and that was definitely, you know, review the schedule, understand drawings, understand what you are getting, because I think that is very important as far as, you know, are you just getting plans? Are you getting elevations? Is is also in the budget to make 3D renderings, to make 3D models. You know, that goes kind of back to the budget. So I think that's really, really important. And as I said, the type of like design methods and getting projects from, you know, 2D plans and elevations to being built, you know, what is the architect's type of design method and then getting the drawings, you know, from conceptual to construction documents. That's very, very important to understand. And then I said, like I said at the beginning of the episode, the style of architecture, you know, are you more into your Mediterranean style of architecture? Then you probably don't want to hire an architect that does like modern contemporary homes. So really, you know, do look through their portfolio, see what kind of works they do, see what resonates with you, because you do want them to kind of have that same style of architecture that you are envisioning. I hope you found this episode helpful and I hope it answered any of your final questions. 
If you are ever needing to ask about any other questions you may have or you're interviewing with an architect you want to know, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to help answer, kind of guide you through, you know, how to help you hire that ideal architect for you. And you can always, you know, email me. You can reach out to me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. You can email me, honeycombblog at gmail.com. All the information is provided in the link in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. And if you'd like to buy me a cup of coffee and support the show, you can now do so through the patron link in the show notes. You can subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which comes out once a month, where I share a personal message with you. I share some intellectual architecture articles, Vasu Shastra tips, and we also have a book club. So that comes out every seventh of the month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.